Tonight, I just won't talk to you on this subject because he who has God and everything else does not have more than he who has only God alone. Did you hear what I said? And so, Psalm 107 verse 8 says, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he satisfieth the longing soul and filleth the hungry soul with goodness. And I just want to talk to you tonight on a simple little subject. That I'm satisfied with Jesus. Let's pray. Father, I pray you'll touch the hearts of God's people tonight. We, I know we've got a lot going on tonight, and our minds may be scattered just a bit, but somehow focus our attention on the things of Almighty God and help us not to be letting our minds drift and help us to be thinking about how good you've been to us and help us as we sing tonight and we, we as led and being our singing to count our blessings and name them. Name them one by one. You see, what will happen is we'll just run out of numbers to name them. Help us to name them tonight one by one. Help us to leave here satisfied with Jesus. For it's in the precious name of Jesus, I pray. The psalmist said, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness. And then he said, here's the reason why. For he satisfieth the longing soul and filleth the hungry soul with goodness. Men are seeking a lot of ways to satisfy themselves today. A lot of ways. Some force their bodies to unusual and strange things. A lot of weird stuff is happening today. The reason that they do all these weird things to their bodies and weird things in their life is that they don't have a clue what life is about. They're empty in their heart. The thought of our day is that we need something bigger and something better. We want a better day and we want a, a, a bigger and bulkier body and we want bigger bargains and we want bigger buildings and we want bigger budgets. Everything has to be bigger and better. And you might say that we're looking for love in all the wrong places. And the reason is we're discontented is, is that we're under, we're trying to find our satisfaction in the world and the world can stimulate us and the world can excite us but the world can't satisfy us. And that's what the psalmist was saying. Go do whatever you want to but you better praise God because only he can satisfy the hungry soul. And so Today, tonight, I just want to tell you, I'm not satisfied with some things. I'm not satisfied with this world. I'm not. I don't like the direction I see it. I'm disillusioned. I'm dissatisfied down here. I feel my feet going just a lighter, a little lighter every day. 
I'm dissatisfied with the world. I'm dissatisfied with the world and this in Christianity today. I'm dissatisfied with the way the church is living and the way the church is loving and the way the church is giving. I'm dissatisfied with the worldliness that we see in the church today. You can't tell who's saved and who's not saved when you go to work tomorrow. I'm not satisfied with that. I'm not satisfied with the waywardness of our people. How they are corrupt and have no meaning of life. When you look at their life, it seems to be totally void of meaning. Now, folks, you can set yourself up some kind of hero. You can bring some people up that you think are wonderful people. But the closer you get to them, the closer you get to them, you'll find out that every person in this world is flawed. All of us have our flaws, right? The closer I get to you, I can see your flaws. In fact, I don't have to get very close to some of you, and I see your flaws. You don't have to get very close to some people to see that we are a flawed, messed up people. Amen? Amen? But friend, I want to tell you something. The reason that I'm satisfied with Jesus, that the closer you get to Jesus, the less flaws you see. You see nothing wrong with him. You see nothing you can find wrong with him. And the closer you get to him, the more satisfied you are with him. You say, why do you say that? Because the Bible said he's the Holy One of Israel. Can anybody call you the Holy One of Hillcrest tonight? He's the Holy One of Israel. And the Holy Child Jesus in the book of Acts calls him. And the book of Acts in chapter 2 again calls him the Holy Child Jesus. I'm telling you, the closer you get to him, the more satisfied you'll be with Jesus. Now you say, well, that's the things I'm not satisfied with. But here's the things I am satisfied with. Number one, I'm satisfied with this book. I'm satisfied with this book. This Bible is not merely a book. It's the book. It's the only book for the day in which we live. It is the authority for our life. Every day, every minute of our life. The book that from... It, this book flows the issues of our life. Everything that we need flows from this book. The importance of the subjects of life are found in this book. The wideness of its range, the majesty of its author stands as high above all other books as the heavens is high is above the earth. This, the book of Jesus Christ, infidels deny it, the world hate it, scoffers mock it, but I'm satisfied with this book. Mm, thank God for this book. And you'd love it too if you'd get in it. Oh, this book gives life, the Bible says. The word of God which liveth and abideth forever. You see, you'd be satisfied with this book because this book gives you life. Show me, bring me a math book. See if that math book can give you life. It might confuse the devil out of you, but it won't give you life. No, sir. That's why I skipped so many algebra classes when I was in high school. 37 of them in my senior year. And I still passed because I cheated. 
But I'm telling you something. You bring up one of those books, I get confused. But when you bring this book up, I get satisfied. Are y'all with me? This book gives life. Where'd you get your life? Not only does it give life, it gives light. The Bible says in Psalm 119, thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light unto my path. It gives life. It gives light. Thank God it gives love. It tells us about the love of God. It tells us how he died on Calvary, how he draws each one of us, and he loves us with an everlasting love. Thank God it tells us about, for God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Oh, it tells us about light, tells us about love, and it tells us about his life. Listen, folks, this book tells us about heaven. It gives us hope. It tells us how to be helped when we need it. It warns us about hell. It tells us about healing. It tells us about happiness. It tells us about holiness. And I'm satisfied with this book. How about you tonight? I'll tell you something else. I'm satisfied with his blood. I'm satisfied with this book. But I'm going to preach a little while. I'm satisfied with his blood. You see, the blood is a scarlet thread that is woven through the entire word of God. In the sacred writings of God, from the book of Genesis to the book of the Revelation, is the scarlet thread of the red blood of Jesus Christ as it flows with life through this book. And I'm satisfied with his blood. In the New Testament, the blood of Christ is synonymous with the life of Christ. You see, the Bible tells us that the blood of Jesus made a place for sinners. Look at Colossians 1.20. And having made peace through the blood of his cross. Folks, listen, we were enemies of God, but thank God for his blood, we now have peace. Not only did his blood make peace for sinners, it brings people into a close fellowship. Look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 12 and 13, or just write it down. The Bible said at one time we were strangers from the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in this world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were sometimes far off are made nigh by the blood of Jesus Christ. Those of us who couldn't get near a spirit-filled Christian, those of us who couldn't get near the things of God are now made close by the blood of the Lamb of God. So I'm satisfied with his blood because it gives peace for the sinner. It brings people into a new fellowship and it cleanses us from sin. You say, where's that? First John 1, 7 says, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. I'm satisfied with his blood. I know this will shock you, but every now and then I sin. I heard you gasp. You couldn't believe it. But I sinned. I sinned. And, and, and I just thank God that when I do, I don't have to go running somewhere and make some marks on me and, and burn some candles and talk to somebody that can't, because I can't talk to God myself. I can just fall on my knees and say, Jesus, I really screwed it up this time. Would you forgive me? And he said, I said I would if you would confess it. My blood 
we'll cleanse you. I'm satisfied with his blood. Fourthly, I'm satisfied with his blood because it enables us to enter the presence of God. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 19 says, Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Folks, we couldn't even get close to God. We couldn't worship God. We couldn't sense the presence of God. We couldn't know anything about God except for the precious blood of Jesus Christ. The veil was torn, and when the veil was torn, it made a way for us to come in and see that the blood was dripping off the mercy seat, and it was enough there to cover the sins of the whole world. Oh, thank God for that, but I'll tell you one more thing. I thank God for the blood because it provides the theme of eternal songs. What would we have to sing about if it wasn't for the blood? What would you sing about if it wasn't for the blood? You couldn't say, I'm saved, because you wouldn't know you were saved if it wasn't for the blood. You couldn't worship him because you wouldn't know how to worship him if it wasn't for the blood. You couldn't do anything if it wasn't for the blood. All of our song is attached to his precious blood. I'm satisfied with his blood. Oh, I'm satisfied, thirdly, with his blessings. Ephesians 1, 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. 103 Psalms, verse 5 says, Who satisfieth thy mouth with good things. And Psalm 107, 9 that I read tonight, For he satisfieth the longing soul and filleth the hungry soul with goodness. I'm just satisfied with his blessings, with his blessings. I'm satisfied with his temporal blessings, the things he's given me I thought I'd never have. I thank God for his temporal blessings. I don't need them. They don't make me better. Hopefully, they don't make me worse. They can but I'm thank God for my temporal blessings, things that he has endowed me with, has given me stewardship over. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for an old house to live in. I'm thankful for a hundred and something pound German shepherd dog. I'm thankful for a wife for 45 years. I'm thankful for two daughters. And I'm thankful for my two grandchildren. I, I, I'm thankful for those kinds of things. I, I, I'm, I'm thankful. I, I'm, I'm thankful for 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 all the things that we call temporal things in life. I'm thankful for those. I really am. I'm thankful for my big screen HD television that I can watch the basketball games on. I'm thankful for that. But I don't have to have it. I don't have to have it. You know why? Because the temporal things don't satisfy me. No, no, I can have all of that not be satisfied, but here's what I'm really satisfied. It's not the temporal blessing, it's the spiritual blessings, the eternal blessings. You say, what do you mean? I mean my salvation in Christ. I mean my standing in Christ. And I mean my security in Christ. I am satisfied with that. Now, fourthly, I'm satisfied with his building. You say, what's his building? That's the church 
of the Lord Jesus Christ. His building. You know, I, I don't understand some of you. I have some of you here tonight because we're eating. Maybe not too many, but just a few. You wouldn't have been here if we hadn't had a meal. And you signed up. So you come for a free meal. And by the way, don't take six plates home for your cousins and your uncles. Because we've got people outside that's going to knock them out of your hands for the birds to eat tomorrow, okay? Don't do that. I don't understand why that the church members don't love their church more than they do today. I'm satisfied with the church. I don't need to join anything else. I don't need to join a lodge. I don't need to join a club. I don't need to join anything because I've joined a body, the building of the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, I, I'm satisfied because the church is the bride of Christ. I, I, I say this, and don't be offended, okay, because you know, my wife says, you sure you get by with a whole lot of stuff. But our God wants a fat bride. I mean it. He don't want a skinny bride. He wants us to reach more and more and more and more and more and more and more. And he wants to reach a fat bride so fat you can't get down the aisle. That's the kind of bride he wants. You see, you, you can't have that bride if you're two-timing Jesus. And that's what some of you are doing. You're two-timing Jesus. You're stepping out on God. I'm satisfied with the church. I don't know what I'd do without the church. It's my life. It's the only life I have now is the church of Jesus Christ. You see, it's the bride of Christ it's the body of Christ. You say, what does that mean? It means it's alive. I'm glad we have a living church, not a dead church. Now, we have some dead services, but we don't have a dead church. And I thank God for the church. I'm satisfied with Jesus. Tonight, have you been thinking about why you are satisfied with Jesus? Why in the world? Would you not be satisfied with Jesus? I'm satisfied with Jesus because Genesis said he's the seed of the woman. I'm satisfied with Jesus because Genesis says he's the angel of the Lord. I'm satisfied with Jesus because Genesis says he's God Almighty, El Shaddai. I am satisfied with Jesus because he is our Shiloh. I'm satisfied with Jesus because in Exodus it says, I am who I am. And I'm satisfied with Jesus because the scriptures tell us he is the Lord Yahweh in the book of Exodus. I'm satisfied with Jesus because in Numbers it says he is this holy star. I'm satisfied with Jesus because in Joshua he's the commander-in-chief of the Lord's army. I'm satisfied with Jesus because in Psalm number 2, he says he is the anointed of all anointed. Amen. I'm satisfied with Jesus because Psalm 2 says he's the king of all the earth. He's the king, the Lord of my shepherd. He's the rock of my salvation. He's the Lord of my life. He's the stone the builders rejected. How could we not be satisfied with Jesus? 
No, I'm satisfied with Jesus because Isaiah says he's the branch of the Lord. Isaiah said he's the Manuel, God with us. Emmanuel says he's the wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace, the rod of the stem of Jesse, the root of Jesse, the banner of the people, the rock of ages. I'm satisfied with Jesus. Oh, I'm satisfied with Jesus because the psalmist says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I'm satisfied with Jesus. I'm satisfied with Jesus because Isaiah says he's our redeemer and he's the God of the whole earth and he's the Lord of our righteousness. I'm satisfied with Jesus because the Bible tells us in Matthew that he's the son of Abraham and he's the son of David and he's Emmanuel and he's the ruler that's going to come and he's the bridegroom and he's the Lord of the harvest and he's the chosen one and he's the son of man and he's the Messiah and he's the chosen Christ. He's the king of Jerusalem. He's the cornerstone that the builders rejected. He's the king of the Jews. He's the son of Mary. He's a great teacher. He's the horn of salvation. He's the day spring from on high. He's Christ the Lord. He's salvation. He's our great physician. Why can't I be satisfied? That's what the Bible says. I'm satisfied because in Luke tells us he's the Holy One of God. And John says he's the Word and the Light and the Only Begotten and the Lamb and the Savior of the world. And John says he's the door. And John says he's the bread. And John says he's the light. And John says he's the good shepherd and no man's able to pluck him out of my father's hand. And John says he's the way and he's the truth and the life. I'm satisfied with that. And the vine, he says he's the true vine. He says he's the king of the Jews. And John says, as Thomas bows on his face, he's my Lord and he is my God. The book of Acts says he's the prince of life. He's the anointed of God. He's the prince and savior. He's the Lord of both the dead and the living, the Bible says. He's the root of Jesse. He is our Passover. He is our rock, the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians tells us he's the image of God. It tells us that he is the gift of God. Ephesians says he's our peace. Philippians says he's Christ Jesus my Lord. Colossians says he's the firstborn over all creation and all things were made by him. The Bible says he is the firstborn of the dead. Second Thessalonians says he is the Lord of peace and you can't have peace without him. I'm satisfied with Jesus. Ah, and I'll tell you, the Bible says in 1 Timothy, he's our hope. In 1 Timothy, he's king of kings. He's Lord of lords. 2 Timothy says he's our righteous judge. Hebrews says he's the heir of all things, and he's the brightness of his glory. He's the great high priest. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. He's the brightness of glory. He's the great shepherd of the sheep. He is the chief shepherd in 1 Peter. In 1 John, he's the word of life. In Jude, he's the only Lord. 
Lord and one Jesus Christ. In Revelation, he's the Alpha Omega. In Revelation, he's the great Amen. In Revelation, he's the Lion of the tribe of Judah. In the Revelation, he's the Root of David. In the Revelation, he's the Lamb that was slain for the sins of the world. In Revelation, he's the Word of God. In the Revelation, he's the beginning and the end. In the Revelation, he's the morning star. And in the Revelation, he is the Alpha and the Omega. I'm satisfied with Jesus. And if you're not satisfied with Jesus, well, I don't know who you're going to be satisfied with. And if you're miserable in your heart and nothing's working for you and it's pricking your heart and drawing your heart and you're struggling inside, why don't you come to the only one who can satisfy you?